everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, LaToya Ferguson. Hey, LaToya. That 80s show is an American sitcom that aired from January through May 2002. Despite having a similar name, show structure, and many of the same writers and production staff, it is not considered a direct spin-off of the more successful That 70s Show. The characters and storylines from both shows never cross paths, although the main character, Corey Howard, Glenn Howerton of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, is designed as Eric Foreman's Topher Grace cousin. The show itself was a separate decade-based show created because of That 70s Show's popularity at the time. The show was set in 1984 and revolved around the lives of a group of friends living in San Diego, California. It debuted January 23, 2002, and the final episode aired May 29, 2002. Its regular time slot was on Wednesday nights at 8, 7 central on the Fox network, although a few shows were aired on different nights. Its main time slot competitors were ABC's My Wife and Kids, CBS's 60 Minutes 2, and NBC's Ed. All 13 episodes were filmed at CBS Studio Center aired at least once. Hey, LaToya. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we're discussing... Oh, I'm not done. Oh, you're not done! Are you kidding me? <laughs> the show follows the lives of struggling musician Corey Howard and his associates, friends, and family. His working and eventual romantic relationship with June Tuesday, Kyler Lee. June Tuesday! It's <laughs> also a focal point and becomes the main anchor of the show after a few episodes. Later episodes focus on the culture clash between Corey and June's lifestyles. Various tidbits of 1980s culture and music are sprinkled in throughout each episode. As with That 70s Show, several celebrities from the decade guest starred in several episodes. Whereas That 70s Show is primarily about adolescent teens, the 80s show uh, dealt more with young adults, collegiates now facing the adult world. Episodes took place at different locations throughout the day. Scenes would take place at Club Berlin, a dance club, Permanent Record, the record store where Corey and June worked, Videx, an office owned by R.T., RT, I guess, RT, Jeff Pearson, and Family Home, along with the occasional car trip. The theme song is 80s by Killing Joke. Should I get to the cast description? <laughs> no, no, I told you you would hate this intro. Hey, Latoya. Wait, there's one more thing. Episode notes. Road Trip was aired after that 70s show on Tuesday, May 6th, as Fox aired a special Two Decades of Laughs in One Night format. It was rumored at the time that Fox was testing both shows back-to-back to see if it would work the following season. Ratings for this episode were higher, either due to that 70s show lead-in or due to a different time slot than a usual Wednesday night episode, but the format was never tried again, and that 80s show was canceled nine episodes later. Or, no, nine days later, not even nine episodes later. Don't give it that. Oh, hey, LaToya. Hi, <laughs> Maura. And in a very hostful-esque episode, a la Nerdist, it is just LaToya and myself today discussing the uh, very annoying, very hard to handle. I just think it's boring. Yeah, that's true. And poorly acted. <laughs> also true. We watched uh, season 8, episode 17 of that 70s show, Crazy Little Thing Called Love. Now, I quit watching before this point. I think for good reason. I think once Steven and... I think... Or not Steven. Oh, I said Steven. Once Hyde and Jackie broke up, I kind of just... I don't know. I wouldn't say I fell off the show at large, but I just kind of was like, all right, maybe they're going to earn my interest back, and they never did, so I never bothered with it again. And that's kind of it. So, I, I, do, do you, do you, how, how did you, 
end up falling off the show too? Did you just not care, or you did care I and guess you got mad about an episode? I just didn't care. Like once, she, as as weird as it sounds to say, once Topher Grace and Ashton Kutcher was gone, it's like it was a different show. It was not the show. It wasn't. It was so much more. It felt so much more like Hammy and which Josh like, Myers' character personifies. Oh my gosh, yeah. And it's Josh Myers is someone I actually can enjoy mm-hmm. in other. You but know, he's roles. a smug this, son of a bitch not... in this episode of television. And he doesn't fit the he doesn't fit the show. Like the way that the show was, mm-hmm. they might have a character like that show up for an episode or two, but to make him like a series regular just totally changes the tone of the show. Like even just He belongs on that eighties show. Yeah. Really. And and just even the, the credits of the show, when it gets to the point where everyone's like, you know, it it does the run through of the ma- major cast list. Everybody's either missing or it's like somebody terrible, and I'm just like, why are these? And when it gets to Josh Myers, I'm like, oh no. Yeah, it's like really sad because it's like, oh, I used to like really obsess over the show. I mean, I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed it. When it was good, I thought it was like really good. It was one of those like hangout shows that just kind of like accidentally stumbled upon the perfect chemistry between the cast. Like, so much of this show, although it was obviously decent writing and the jokes were decent and everybody was very, you know, pretty much talented at co- comedy and acting in general, a lot of that kind of stuff depends on chemistry. And you had such good chemistry between, like, pretty much everybody in the cast. Like, you could have yeah. any given episode could be... It's like, that's a true ensemble cast, and it reminds you of, like, The Office or Parks and Rec, where you could, like, basically shake up the, the, the uh, bottle and throw any two characters together, and you'd be guaranteed interesting plot, because everybody had chemistry in spades. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't think that this is the kind of show that I would say is, like, flawless in that respect. Like, it, it definitely had elements even early on that it wasn't great, but... Because his entire character. Yeah, pretty much. He was never good. He was always kind of like... It's funny because he says things funny. Oh, God. I just can't handle him. So, I guess if you've never seen this show, I can't imagine it, but it's set in the 70s. It's basically Fred. It's actually the 1870s. 1870s. The 1770s. It's coming coming of age story about America. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's set in the 70s, and the whole joke of the show tends to be about, like, how similar life was then to now, even if things have changed. Like, there are definitely, like, you know, huge plot points about stuff that doesn't exist anymore because, ha ha ha, it's not the 70s anymore. But, like, it was very much like Freaks and Geeks or, um, I'm trying to think of other versions of that, or, like, Happy Days, where, like, a lot of the themes are hilarious because it really hasn't changed that much. Like, some of that kind of stuff just sort of stays the same no matter what happens. Um, you know, you still struggle in school, you still try and find the right boyfriend, and there's still drama amongst your friends, your parents are still jerks to you sometimes, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of stuff that just kind of, uh, translates to modern times, which is cool, I find that really interesting, but it's also just, it doesn't make for a great show when things do go off the rails, because it starts to lean too much into the fact that, like, things are you know, aggressively 70s, and it's not very interesting. I don't know. But, uh, so, so this episode we can get into at large. It won't be a very, I don't think it'll be very long for us, because there's not much to really discuss. Um, it, it kind of deals primarily with the Fez and Jackie shit, which to me is, like, where the show kind of hit its major downfall. Um, it was already terrible, don't get me wrong. <laughs> like, this is kind of, like, like, stuff had spiraled to a point of no return, and it's almost like the showrunners felt like, oh, 
Well, if it's this bad already, we might as well just put Jackie with Fez, because who cares? Like, you know, it doesn't matter that he's been, like, basically, like, verbally assaulting her for years. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, he's been so creepy to her yeah. forever. Like, he's been, like, the kind of person... And I'm not, like, exaggerating, like, he had a crush on her and it was creepy. It's like he would talk, like, weird jokes about, like, you know, watching her sleep or something weird like that. And they would all allow that, which is terrible. And they even, in this in this little bit where she where first, well, we can jump a little bit ahead because we can maybe deal with that plot separately from the red plot, you think? Because that way... Yeah. Because the red, and, the red and, and hide stuff is so arbitrary. It's, like, basically a second long. But the, uh... They, Jackie, they needed something else to fill up the episode, Exactly, basically. yeah. The Jackie and, um, the, the Jackie and Fez stuff is... The primary plot, for sure. Like, that takes mm-hmm. up the, the the major, you know, A plot. And even kind of the B plot, because the B plot becomes, you know, her going to the therapist, too. Like, Which, it's all kind of one big thing. It's all a mess, basically. It's so annoying. I did come out of this episode really appreciating both Mila Kunis and Deborah Jo Rupp even more than before. I'm like, because when the episode started, I'm like, wow, this just seems off. Like, just acting-wise from everyone. Deborah Jo Rupp, she was still on. She was great. And it's, then, it's amazing, and even like Mila. Kunis, same with Mila too. Yeah, Mila Kunis like she didn't have a great a great deal of stuff to do, and I, even even to a degree, Laura Prepon she didn't like have a ton of stuff. But, but Laura she, Prepon is like the sounding board in this episode, and it's not great. No, it's not, and she at least like you know does a decent job, but she's not like as bad as the rest of them. The rest of them. Have Danny Masterson is awful, especially early on in this episode. Well, he comes across like old school. He he almost took over the role of Kelso, which is weird because. Kelso and Ashton Kutcher on the show was good because it was so stupid. Like, it was so simple and stupid, and his delivery could be dumb and, and hack and stupid because and that was the character. I'll also say, I think Hyde's an example of a secondary character that should never be a primary character. No, he's as opposed so to good at Jackie. supporting. He's so good at supporting. Or, if he is going to be the main character, give him more to do. Don't put him in these weird, like, side... Because he was trying to fill in the role of Eric, obviously. And mm-hmm. kind of Kelso, because they both left. And so they kind of swished him into both the main male role and the main... main Or the secondary main male role. Whereas, he's definitely better at supporting, but even if he was the main character, which I think he probably would maybe capable of doing, you've got to give him stuff that's, like, tailored to him and not, like... Basically, if you substituted out Hyde for that scene, it could have been any of the other guys. Like, it wasn't a Hyde-specific plot. And Hyde works best when it is a Hyde-specific plot. Like, that character does not do great with, like, everyday hijinks. He does best with, like, really, really niche, weird stuff that Hyde's into. I mean, they put him in the record store, so at least... Yeah, when they're tearing apart the house, that's totally a Kelso idea. Exactly! And it's like, this isn't the kind of stuff that he would do. He would just... The whole point of Hyde is Hyde would come in and then say the shit that no one else would want to say because he just called like people just call it like he saw it and I guess you could try and claim he's trying to help his save his feelings because the red, we'll get to the red part but it just I don't know it just comes across as really well how about we do that first let's do that part first because it's shorter I think so basically Red is retired at this point which again mm-hmm. nothing's just like a great show like your one of your main characters being retired <laughs> and like can't figure out what to do and it's not like it can't figure out what to do like. It's a cop, and, like, he has to struggle with really adjusting to regular life. It's just, like, I'm bored at home and watch a lot of Phil Donahue. What can I do today? Like, it's such a boring... It's basically saying, yeah, our characters are even bored by what's not happening Mm -hmm. on the show anymore. Because, like, we can't keep him at work. So he's retired... I think he sold the muffler store, right? I think. Uh, wasn't that a furniture store? Oh, was it? Oh, there was a muffler store at one point, but it was probably a furniture store. I know at one point he worked for Bob, that's what it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So whatever it was, he definitely retired from whatever he was doing, 
and now he's trying to figure out what to do to fill up his day. Um, and he, everyone, of course, says to him to sleep. And he's like, oh, no. He's like, I, he's like, I woke up this morning. I even got to get the, I had so much free time, I got the round of, to poisoning the birds that always wake me up, which is just hilarious. And then, um, he, he's, you know, makes all his classic red jokes where he's as disappointed in the retirement life as he was as his son when he tried to play catch. Which is like, damn, Eric can't even catch a break when he's not on the show anymore. Exactly. It's <laughs> like, oh, Jesus. They, that was just so innate in the way that this show was written. Like, they couldn't get rid of the Eric jokes without actually getting rid of the show. Like, you have to keep those jokes in because otherwise but then that what's just reminds you that Exactly, he's not, he's not the there. Like, why would you do that? Why keep those jokes in? It's like when Michael left the office, if they were saying, like, oh, what would Michael do every single episode, basically? Because I'm pretty sure the way that that beat felt, it was not the first time he's mentioned Eric in a whole season. Like, it's probably been a pretty mm-hmm. common thing of, like, the random jokes about, oh, this was just as bad as when Eric was doing it. Like, that kind of stuff just went on and on and on, and it just felt really, really awkward, because he's just not there. It's a huge vacuum. And it's not even to say Sober Grace was without flaw, but it's like, when you get rid of two major cast members like him and Kelso, it really makes the show feel complete. It's like, in fact, half the cast is the, is the adults now. And they're all adults, technically, but the adults, mm-hmm. the other adults are, like, in their 40s plus, so it's really awkward, because balancing those two different plot lines is, like, it's like talking about some guy's retirement, and then, like, these guys are trying to go off to school at some point, I guess? I don't even know. But anyway, so, um, Red decides that he needs to, like, do something to catch up. Hyde recommends, you know, well, they first also recommended have, you know, to travel. And yeah, go on a trip with your wife, which is crazy. Oh my god, who would do that? And they, uh, they said that basically he was in the Navy, so he doesn't really feel like traveling again, because last time he was getting shot at while he was traveling, um, which I guess is legit, but, um, you don't have to, I mean, you don't have to go to the water to travel, Red, you could just travel to, like, She suggested, I mean, Virginia, she suggested right? West Virginia, you know, the Ohio of the Atlantic sh- states. Well, you could probably get shot at West Virginia, but still. <laughs> but so, so they, they go, they go, uh, into the record store, because Hyde also recommends that he has some things to get fixed, or at least the electric, there's a light thing Yeah, just, yeah, the light thing. So he shows up, instantly fix it fixes it, and everyone's like, oh, wow, Red, you're so manly and in charge. And so, the, the record... And also, the, the scene also has another character who should not be a main character, or even a regular, uh, Leo, please. Tommy Chong. Oh my god. He, Go into he should Leo. not be Go a series Leo regular. Go into Leo for a second, please. Maybe describe who Leo is, because I can't even... It's, Leo is Tommy Chong, literally. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> and then there's also the Josh Myers bit. Now, do you remember anything about Josh Mar- Myers on the show? I remember he's not Eric. I don't know his name. I don't know the character's Randy, name. I'm not going to look that. Is I, it Randy? I think it is. Let me look Does it up real quick. Bring in a regular character named Randy? I feel like it might be. If I, if I just pulled it out, I'm amazed, because I literally have only seen this episode of season eight. Um, I remember it being a... No, it's probably not, but it's... I remember it being a, like a running joke that, like, it was weird that they substituted him in, and then, like... They were, I don't understand why they kept him there. Like, I could have understood that as, like, a joke, like, look, we got rid of Eric... He's this weird hanger-on. And instead they just, like, leaned into it and they're like, yeah, he's, like, the new character. It's like, what? No! Don't he's re- clearly not even, like, an Eric type or anything. So I don't... Why is he's, he's another the Kelso! New he's a Kelso, really. Like, that's basically what Kelso's character was. I, what, his smug asshole is. I thought he was trying to be another Hyde. I don't even know. Alright, so it's Josh Myers. It is Randy! I nailed it! Randy Pearson. 
whoever the fuck that is, but he played Randy. Tell Jensen. me, like, read about his character arc and everything. All right, let me look this up. I, I, no, I know I, nothing about Randy either. I know nothing about him. Right, okay, so, oh my god, this is terrible from the beginning! <laughs> All right, so he's a uh, fictional character, obviously, in the eighth and final season of that 70s show. He represented the turning point from the mindset of the 1970s to the mindset of the 1980s, enjoying music by Journey and others. Well, yeah, he's wearing a Boston t-shirt this whole episode. So he's hired to help run the record store and becomes a love interest for Donna? Get out of here! Oh, that's infuriating. He was introduced primarily as a replacement for Eric and Kelso, which is very true. Uh, They left a season in season seven. They, um, They hired him originally to play Eric... Wait, what? Wait, what? The writers originally hired him to play Eric? Josh? Is that what they're saying? Yeah! So they were gonna... Oh my god! Wait a minute, the next sentence explains it. The difference in appearance would have been explained by claiming he had returned home from Africa, in quotation marks, a changed man! Oh, wow. Oh my god! They were gonna do that? They eventually thought better of this idea. No shit. And came up with the name Randy, or the character Randy, and he was created. He is a mixture of Eric and Kelso. He has Eric's sense of humor, um, and often is the ringleader, but on the other hand, he has Kelso's good looks and success with women. Oh, that is not true of Kelso at all, necessarily. I mean, he had good looks and, and I guess you could say incremental success with women, but he was also terrible. He did, terrible. he was constantly cheating on them, but he did get them. Yeah, but he was terrible with them. I guess it's, I wouldn't call it success with women, I would just say success betting women. I wouldn't that, call that counts. That counts success with, oh, with women, especially the men. Come on, oh, Nora. Alright, so... Like been to the rodeo. <laughs> Yeehaw. Uh, so then, despite this and other things, Randy was di- well, widely disliked by fans and viewed as another sign that the series had jumped the shark. He dates Donna for the uh, the half of the final season. At first, they insist on being just friends, but Fez and Jackie are suspicious that Donna's cheating on Eric because they're still, I think, dating as he goes to Africa. Which, what the mm-hmm. fuck is that concept? But then eventually they break up or something. Well, what uh, the fuck concept is that he went to Africa in the first place? I don't even know. It was like I remember that being a thing. And I don't know why they decided to do that. Just put him away at college. It does not need to be like Eric goes to Africa. Like, why is that the plot line? Sounds like a bad, like, uh, what do you call it? Earnest movie. Um, so anyway, so they they introduce Randy at this point. He's barely in the episode, even though he is one of these little three pal. It's Leo, Randy, and Hyde. They're like the three amigos at the record stop. I'm guessing that a lot of episodes are like that with the three of them, and that's sad, because this was so pointless. Like, there was nothing there. It was the thinnest of plots. So the red comes in, he fixes the light bulb, then he's then of course they flip the light bulb on, light, light bulb on, and they realize oh no it makes everything look even dirtier. So Hyde hilariously just turns off the light, making his whole trip there pointless. But then Red being Red clearly doesn't want to go back to being retired and not busy, and is in denial. So he goes and starts finding things to fix, which is basically the entire record story because it's crumbling apart because these people clearly do not uh, take care of anything. Of course, leading up to several hilarious jokes like. This place is such a wreck. You've got weeds growing in your back room. Which by uh, season eight, come on, Red. Red at the point had ha- had had accidentally ingested some weed, so I don't know what the joke is. Like, ugh. he knows I, by this point. Uh, honestly, Red is not an 
that much of an idiot. He would understand that, well, these are literally plants. Like, you don't grow weed by accident. Like, there's, like, lights, and they're all in pots. It's not, like, coming out of the cracks or something. It's stupid. So, but the joke, of course, being that there's just weed back there. And everyone looks at each other like, what? And then, um... So, anyway, so he fixes everything. That makes them really awkward, because they don't want to... He's annoying them. At one point, he, he commandeers a store and closes it, because it, he's too busy doing repairs. So they get all frustrated. They decide to start breaking everything at home to keep them busy. Um, but, but at that point, uh, Red doesn't like to play by their rules, so he just decides, oh, I'm kind of bored of doing the fixing stuff. I'm just going to go fishing. I'm, all re- I'm retired. Blah, blah, blah. Which is, haha, womp, womp. Everything's broken, and now they're stuck with a bunch of broken things that Red doesn't feel like fixing. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the plot of that episode. That, that B-plot of the episode. It is pointless. Um, and the other part of it, though, we have um, the... Oh, my God. Oh, God. The Jackie and Fez stuff. So, so Jackie, early on in the last episode, she starts taking a quiz with Donna about, you know, what kind of guy she likes. Now, I didn't see this episode. I looked this up because I wouldn't subject myself to watching two episodes. But apparently, that quiz determine, determines true love, so yeah, she and, has to listen to it. And Donna was giving her shit about it because it sounds like her favorite... Her, her ideal, like, romantic interest would be a Fez. And the idea is obviously pretty jarring and upsetting. Um, so they, they go through, like, the, the, you know, are you sure you like him? And Donna, Donna, her reaction should be 100% more upset. Like, I guess last episode, maybe that's took care of some of that. No, but it seemed like she's kind of like... Lord is not acting in this episode. She's no, just no. She's saying lines. And she's laughing and, like, poking her ribs. Like, you like fat? I'm like, no. Like, at least later on in the episode... When, when they get confronted by hiding them. Although at first you're like, whoa, I didn't expect this to be... Again, I got upset. Like, why is no one upset about the fact that this is Fez that everyone's talking about? But then later on they do make fun of her for it. Like, but even the making fun of her part, that felt kind of pointless. Because you should really just be, like, upset. Because this is... Cr- it's not good. Like, I, I don't like to judge people for who they like. But you need intervention if you're, like, obsessed with Fez. Because Fez is not a great guy. As they try and claim later on. Um, but anyway, so she's, she's into Fez, and Donna's mostly just like, I freaking knew it! I called it! And it's just like, oh great, this is fun to have a character gloat like this. And then they literally have a clip show of all the insults that, uh, that Jackie has directed at Fez, because nothing says good TV, like literally having to flash back to clips just to prove that this is, this is the character motivation worth following. Which they do, um, and they they real she realizes like look even though I hate well, him I love him. Well, according to TV.com, the uh, the spazoid comment is actually her talking to about Donna. She calls Donna a spazoid. So they literally couldn't even pull the right clips. Like they, mm-hmm. it was just not possible for them to do because they didn't actually. Yeah, at least one of these is not about Fez at all. What this is shit. This show what the shit. I swear to God. Uh, so anyway, so they they um. Fez is at this point dating a girl. No, I don't know this girl. And given how terrible this all was, I couldn't tell if it was like a recurring character or if this was a one-off character. I think she was a recurring. I think she was like at least they make you think that because like it's a relationship, but I'm not one hundred percent sure. I think that she. I don't think she was recurring in the sense that she'd been around for a while, but I think that she was maybe in like one other episode, and that's enough. That's all you need on this show. Uh, for her to have been in one other episode, it's going to make it feel like a, um, I don't even know, like a long-time love interest. Because for, for, I mean, I will say, for... Hmm. Current, uh, three episodes, apparently. Oh, so there you go. So, but She's for Fez, that's yeah. long for a girlfriend, basically. Because besides, like, what, didn't he also, who else did he date? 
Did he date, like, Big Rhonda or something? Yeah. Okay. So he has had girlfriends. That's the thing. They always act like Fess is some weirdo. Fess has dated people more regularly than some of the other characters on the show. Like, I don't get it, but... Anyway, so... He has his girlfriend. They're apologizing. Well, first of all, if he comes in earlier in the episode with a Candyland saying the best way to play it is about pants. And then they ask why. And he's like, you don't know me at all. What a great character. What good writing. Um, so then uh, Fez apologizes for having um, sex too loud. And then this is where Donna... Yeah, this girlfriend suggested that he gets a water bed. Because... Seven days, you know. Jesus Christ. So they, they, um, they decide, okay... We're going to take you to therapy, which, I mean, on one level, I kind of agree with, because, like, you need a literal intervention if... But then it's like, hey, I'm going to attend therapy with you. What was that? What? First of all, that was what weird. What was that? I can understand if it was, like, you know, her mom, maybe, or her, or her like, the boyfriend himself, or, like, if it had been Fez himself, but... Yeah, at first I thought, like, Donna was just going to sit outside and wait. Like, no, she's going... She goes into therapy with her. I... I don't, I don't know what to say about that therapy session. I haven't actually, you know, gone on, I haven't done much therapy myself, but, like, he, it, it was Tom Bosley, too, right? Yes. Ugh, that was even more upsetting. So, so, they get to the therapist's office, it's a very elderly bo- uh, Tom Bosley, which is the father from Happy Days, um, and he is instantly infuriated by everything. Well, I will say that when they first when they first walk in, Kitty's walking out, and Kitty's like basically throws sunglasses on, like whoops. Because on their way out too, it was really sad. Like she's like, "You're right, Doctor. I am pretty. I." They am don't special. address that. Like this is after her husband's like, "No, I don't want to travel with you." It's sad. Like I know there's a joke there that that you know Kitty's the alcoholic and and uh, Red disrespects everybody, but the Red Kitty stuff, Red is definitely not great to her. But there are supposed to be moments I remember over the years where he apologizes for that and he acknowledges that he's just not a very, you know, compassionate person, but he does care about her. Because Red's the kind of person that she would have easily just divorced if he was not going to actually stay in love with her, but he just wouldn't. He just wouldn't ever actually let her get to that point because he does love her, from what I remember. And it's really awkward here because... And also, I think Kitty used to give a lot more. I mean, obviously, she... You know, being married to Red means, you know, taking a pretty huge hit on your self-respect, I think, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Being his son, as, as we know from Eric, did not even help even once you're out of the country. Um, but Kitty used to kind of, like, you know, uh, clap back at him a lot more. Doesn't really do that in this episode at all. Yeah. Like, just kind of takes it. That his plot is resolved by, like, I'm going fishing instead of I'm taking my wife out of town. Like, Yeah, no. why wouldn't that be the, taking her with him fishing, even? Like, that would have been better. It, they never resolve that at all. The joke is fully on Kitty for being so stupid to think that Red cares about you. Which is just sad. Like, it's not a very fun motivation for a character at all to think yeah. that. And so, the, the Tom Bosley character is he is introduced like, oh, maybe he's a good guy? Question mark? But then immediately he goes, no, 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 he's terrible. Because he, uh, like, he get, grabs the phone yeah, and... He's a terrible husband. He's a terrible therapist. On the phone with his wife, he says... Uh, fine, I'll heat up my own goddamn dinner. Uh, God knows you've never heated up anything in our home for the last, like, six months. I'm like, what? And this is, like, the first minute they see him. And, it's again... It's supposed to be funny because it's he's a therapist, but funny. he doesn't have his own life in order. It's crazy. And it's also, it's also just very, like, weirdly creepy with his own wife. Like, that he's screaming at her like this on the phone. And then once they start talking about, like, he's like, so basically tell me about yourself. 
And then, um, uh, Jackie goes into her past boyfriends, which I thought she had more boyfriends than the three of them, but I guess that's not the case. I always, she always struck me as kind of like a Kelso, where she had a lot of guys that were, she was kind yeah, of into, she was, like, not. a serial monogamous, basically, so. That's true. So, so she, she goes into Michael, and then Hyde, and then, well, Kelso, then Hyde, and then now, obviously, she's at a Fez, and she's asking, like, what your opinion is on that. And the therapist, which I guess it's the 70s, and the joke again is here is how absolutely disgusting he is. And it's also Tom Bosley, again, the father from Happy Days, says to her, practically quote-unquote, before you get your sadistic female claws into him and he's no longer a man at all, let's maybe address your other issues. Like, what the fuck is that this, like, the third thing he said to you for? Like, I cannot believe that we had to sit and then watch them both sit there and let him talk to them after he said that. They should have walked out of the damn room. Yeah. Who says that to someone who's a licensed therapist? Well, he's, he's just terrible to Donna the whole time. It's really upsetting. Although Donna shouldn't be there. And Donna, Donna, he makes fun of her for, are you biting your cuticles again? And she's like, oh no, no. And then of course she bites them. So it's like, he's a, he's like abusing them, verbally abusing them both too. Like, he's not a good guy. And it's, again, both upsetting because it's, it's, uh, you know, Mr. Cunningham, of all people, being such a dick to them, but it's also just mean as a person. And then, uh, he, he also says to Donna, like, I noticed you dyed your hair, are you, what are you running away from? And she's just like, uh. So he's just being really mean to them both. But, of course, uh, he asked that Jackie that, you know, do you think you may, you may be into unavailable men? Because the last two just you described as unavailable emotionally, and now this one is unavailable because he's dating someone. So instead of taking that as a as a concept to to explore, Jackie thinks, oh, all I gotta do is just realize that that hide or not hide that uh Fez is dating someone, and the only reason I'm into him is that he has a girlfriend. So she kind of like makes her peace with it a little bit, and she mm-hmm. just sort of goes home and just says, all right, great. And he's and he assures her like the good the key to a good relationship is communication. And then again for the great punchline of picking up the phone and screaming at his wife. Um, so then. When they actually do decide to, well, they decide to talk to him at home, they seem fine with him for a while, but then there's another scene where Fez is talking to his girlfriend abruptly. This isn't, like, something that kind of was hinted at earlier in the episode, or maybe the last episode. Probably not. It like it comes out of left field. She walks up to him, like, having talked about, like, literally making too much noise banging on their mattress earlier. She's like, I'm gonna do something good with my life. And he's like, oh, great for you. And he says, um, she's like, I'm becoming a nun. And then he re- responds to that, Vez does, with, like, you selfish whore, like, screaming it to her. I'm like, this is so unlikable. Like, what is this show? We're watching a main character we're supposed to be rooting for call someone a selfish whore by screaming. Like, even if Are we supposed to root for Fez? Are we ever supposed you, to really root for Fez, though? I mean, at the end of this episode- We're supposed to laugh at the, words, at the words he says, because foreign- I guess we're supposed to be rooting for Jackie then by getting Fez, but somehow we're supposed to be rooting for him because he ends up with Jackie, who's way too good for him, or basically half the show. <sighs> so he's screaming that out, and then um, uh, they they do they decide to you know bond over the fact that he's now being dumped, and Jackie's I think a little perturbed because she thought she would just stop caring about him. But instead, she's kind of still into him, and that's upsetting because he's no longer unavailable. So they're eating ice cream, and he's, like, worried he'll die No, he's eating ice cream. Oh, well, she's just sitting there staring at him, eating ice cream out of the gallon. Yeah. And, uh, she's worried that, uh, she's worried that she still has feelings for him, and he's obviously just devastated he got broken up with. And he's asking, he's like, oh, why can't I find a woman like you who's, uh, you know... But not you, because he finally realized that no means no. 
Just oh. the season, I Which guess is... he found out no means no. I know. Any other season, he would have just started hitting on her again, but he didn't because that isn't the way they could do things. And so, but she assures him, you're funny, you're sweet, and you won't die alone. I'm like, you're lying. <laughs> These are all lies. <laughs> he will do all three of those things, and he's not funny. I mean, sadly, if you look like Wilmer Valderrama, you're not going to be alone, which yeah. has been the problem, and that's why people date Wilmer Valderrama. <laughs> Uh, so then she runs away from the situation because she's clearly, like, reached her, her zenith of, of having to be able to deal with it. Um, and now that he's, you know, available, Jackie tells Donna she still likes him and she's terrified. But Donna, you know, ha- once again checking, like, I can't believe you still like him, but if you do, just go tell him. And then, uh, this is where the Hyde and, I think it's Randy, I think Hyde and Randy, Josh Myers show up. And Leo. And Oh, and Leo. And why is Leo hanging out with the guy? Again, this is Tommy Chong just hanging out with two guys who were, like, in their 20s. Like, that makes no sense. I mean, sense. he's basically introduced as, like, Hyde's friend because, you know, drugs. Oh, Jesus. Um, so, uh, he's like, oh, I saw here you like Fez. And I was just like, oh, this is so upsetting. To oh, no, yeah, sorry. Leo's not with him until the basement. Oh, thank God. Yeah, the basement happened and then they... So, but he, he says, so I hear you like Fez. And this is, like, really upsetting to watch because it's, like... Hyde and Jackie having a conversation about romance, and you're just like, oh god. I didn't feel that. I don't think I ever really shipped them. I don't really think I shipped anyone on the show. I just only not anyone and, and Randy. Else. No one and Randy because Randy sucks. I kind of I was okay with Eric and Donna for a while, but they got kind of boring after all the high fine. Hot. But yeah, I didn't think like I need this couple to be together. Like, well, they're in high school. Oh no, it's fine. I don't. I didn't really need Hyde and Jackie to be together. But Except for you quit like, when the show broke them up. More. No, well, it was more like the circumstances. All the shit that went down got really weird after that point. And this is that was roughly around the time when stuff really kind of like went south with Eric and Donna as well. I think they were introducing too many dramatic twists, and they couldn't really keep yeah. up. You know, basically the show went downhill when Laura Pippon went blonde, yeah. if we're being honest. Yeah, probably true. Um, all the hot Donna stuff got real rough. That's, like, right around when I kind of quit, too. I think I might have quit before they actually broke up, to be honest. But I just kind of, you kind of mm-hmm. saw that ship coming. Sure you did. No, I really think I did. I think it was, like, it got it got to the point where those characters were constantly fighting, and you could tell they were going to do something, and I'm like, this doesn't make sense anymore. The whole point that they were great together is because they were fighting all the time. So to act like this is now a huge flaw in their, their relationship makes no sense, because those characters hated each other. That's how they got together. That, that's the whole point. It shouldn't be a, some new wacky change as they're still fighting. That's like the, the, origin, the origin of their whole relationship. It made no sense. So uh, it's like the, it's Barney and Robin all over again. It's just two characters who got together because they were opposites. Well, not opposites, I guess identical in some weird way, but also opposites the way they were introduced. And then they just try and act like the same things that they have in common in that they're both into relationships in opposite ways. I don't know. Anyway, it just it, it infuriated me. So I kind of gave up on it around that. But anyway, so Hyde's here talking about how, hey, Fez is a good guy. I think he'll, you know, hopefully it'll make you happy and he'll do what you need to do. And this is like, I was like super upset for the fact that like anyone is sitting there saying like, Fez is a good guy. I was like, this is, this is no, stop all acting like this is a normal thing. It's not some other random character. It's not like she's like going back to Kelso or going to Eric or something. It's fucking Fez. Like, this is a whole other level. Like, Fez is so creepy. He, like, watches them sleep and steals their underwear, and it's just gross in every way. But so, uh, then he also, again, expands on that by saying, and if you're interested, Bob's available, and if that's no good, here comes the garbage man. Which I was like, okay, at least somebody's making a judgment call here, even though it was your ex-boyfriend and he's being a dick. Fine. At least somebody's calling it as they see it with Fez. And then, um, uh, Fez, when she does go up to Fez to tell him about how she's into him, He's like, I realized you were right. I shouldn't be tied down to one woman. Get ready, America. Fez is here. And then, um, you know, I think 
I think you're supposed to think. We didn't actually get. Thank God, I, we picked this. I picked this episode because if we'd have to actually watched the two of them together, I think I would have like, like died. But uh, I, I think in the next oh, episode Mara. or very soon after, it's just it's not that I'm like obsessed with with Jackie and Hyde. It's more just. I mean, everything you say, even when you say you're not, it says you are. <laughs> well, I, we we know I certainly... we know your game, Mora. We know we but know it, you. But I'm certainly way more invested in that than I ever was in Fez and Jackie. And I definitely don't need to watch Fez and Jackie hang out as a couple. Because even if you claim that you could like them, like, on one level, it's really hard to deal with because you're supposed to like them in the sense that they're both, like, interesting characters. Like, once this this bit of it's done, like, the lead-up to them dating, I don't even know what them dating would look like, is what I'm trying to say. Like, I can't even imagine, like, what their day-to-day interactions would be like. Like, having dinner and going on dates? Like, ew. Like, I don't want to even think about it. <laughs> Fez is so creepy. I'm sure it's a lot of, like, Fez, like, hey, we're having sex all the time jokes and eyebrow waggles. It's just gross. Um, and then we get the hilarious little bumper of, uh, Kitty back at the therapist's office, uh, you know, and he, of course, now she's basically giving therapy to the therapist about his home life, and then he tells her to have a drink, and she's like, oh, I don't really touch this stuff, and then wink, wink, she's an alcoholic, she's like, if doctor's orders, I, if you must insist, I will. And that's it! It was completely, nothing was resolved. I'm almost okay with it, like I said, because then we'll have to watch that travesty go on, but it really was, as pointless as the whole season at large, it really just, nothing happened in this episode. <laughs> I kind of want to, uh, I'm looking at the Wikipedia just for season 8, like the episodes, I'm going to like just read you the trajectory of Jackie and Fez after this episode. Please, please do. Uh, let's see, the next episode, uh, Jackie unsuccessfully tries to use the Disco Sucks bonfire uh, as an occasion to get closer to Fez. <sighs> the episode after that, uh, Fez decides to stay with only one girl and returns to his ex-girlfriend, uh, Crazy Caroline, uh, Allison Munn char- character, who I mm-hmm. always kind of enjoy. Allison Munn needs to be in more things, actually. Yes. Uh, much to the Jackie's dismay. And then the next episode after that... Hmm, although she's been... Although she had been crying, <laughs> Jackie snaps back to her old bitchy self. She decides to harm Fez emotionally. Just... Just he did to her is what this Wikipedia says. I'm going to read you the misworded thing. Just he did to her. And and the thing about this with Jackie and Fez, I think that's maybe why I I dislike it so much, is it's not like, again, I don't want to go back to the the Hyde and Jackie stuff. It's that he he took away her dating him and her being into him, like, removed her of so much of her essence on the show, which is, like, bitchy, hilarious Jackie. Now she was, like, Jackie, like, confused and in love. And well, I don't mind doing that, like, for an episode here and there, I w- it seems like this went on for a while. I was also going to say this earlier in this podcast, but now I'm reading this description, it's going to, like, kind of confirms it. It feels like Jackie being into Fez is somehow, like, punishing Jackie for yeah. her previous nature. And here, I'll describe what happens when she goes back to her old bitchy self. Among many things, Jackie ruins the buttons on Fez's shirts and graffitis and offensive messages on his car. Okay, she was never that mean before. At wit's yeah. end, Fez decides to take revenge on Jackie the best way he knows how. He puts green dye on the shampoo. When confronted, Fez tells Jackie that he just made her as ugly on the outside as she is on the inside. Like, Romance. holy crap. So again, I, I go to the, the Jackie and Hyde thing because Jackie and Hyde hated each other. Jackie was awful to him and he was always awful to her. But... I feel like the, the hatred there didn't come from such a cruel place. It was just he didn't like her whole vibe, and she didn't like his whole vibe. He wasn't, like, literally, like, fucking with her, like, 
saying she was cold and evil on the inside. And like, then, he didn't call her evil. He didn't like mean it to the point where like he says, yeah. "Oh yeah, you, now you're as ugly on the outside as you are on the inside." Like that's who crazy. Says that? That's crazy. And the Fez thing. Well, I, I want to go back to that. The whole point of this is why it's so weird and awkward. Is that it's not? It's Fez's like obsession with her was a running thing on the show. Like it wasn't. He also did also love like he get, he was into Donna of course and all women. That's just Fez. But like he specifically was obsessed with her throughout the entire series, and they basically had him follow her around. Like he, I'm trying to think of. Well, what after that episode is. where he's really horrible, to her, the next episode she decides she should give being a couple a try. Although, apparently, it said that she, Jackie rejected him. Like, what? She was attempting to be with, whatever. And it says right here, in the first half of the series, Fez longingly pined for Jackie Burkhart, worshipping her like a queen. Like, the first half. Like, that's important to say, because it stopped being a thing because the show started going weird places. Because that was the whole runner on the show, is that he was obsessed with her. And then eventually he did date other people, but he was still like it was like he, he was she was his number one. I feel like Fez has had the most girlfriends of anyone on the show. Actually, I think he did. I think he honestly did. Besides, I would mean, this is obviously Kelso, but definitely more than Hyde and, and Eric. I think. Um, but I'm trying to think of other characters that are like him, though. It's it's hard to describe it exactly, but he's kind of just like the it's almost like the Helga and Arnold thing, where it's like someone who's just obsessed with one character and will like basically get run over in order to be with them. Oh, it's kind of like um Christian Shaw on um Flight of the Concords. Mm-hmm. It's it's that kind of like an obsessive and like look, I'm not trying to criticize that. It's creepy on in my opinion, but I get that the fact that like a lot of people find that funny. Whatever, fine. But when you make it into like and then in the end she realizes she's in love with that person, like, no <laughs> that's gross and weird and no please don't do that. Um, but instead she is, and I believe they get engaged by the end of the episode, or end of the series, which is even more upsetting. I saw in the description that, like, they're just gonna have their first kiss, so if they're, they're engaged by the end of the, uh, well, that episode. under his relationships as girlfriend slash future wife, so I don't even know. I feel like is. future wife is him saying, she's my future wife. Because it doesn't, uh, specifically does not say fiancé. Oh, God. I don't know that, yeah, I don't know that they actually got engaged, but I think that maybe it was implied that, like, they're, like, they're each other's soulmates now, which is horrifying, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of, it. that's it. I mean, this show really took a turn, like, it was very, very, very good when it was good. It was as, as, as good of a, uh, a cheeky, like, teen sitcom as it gets, basically. Um, but then it got to a really weird place. Um, and I, I'm glad I quit when I did, because it got apparently only worse from that point forward. Especially the Eric stuff. I don't know what, what went on with Eric as well. We didn't even get into Eric or Kelso because there are points where they like went away to like what was it California or something, and then he came back, and then he actually did quit the show, and then he went to Africa, and then they did all come back for the series finale. But yikes, I don't know. So, do you have any other wrap-up thoughts? Nope. <laughs> don't watch this episode. Don't watch this season of the show. Quit when Jackie and Hyde break up, or before then, and you might actually enjoy it. <laughs> That's our that's our suggestion. I don't know if you thought differently. Because how long did you make it, Latoya? Any longer than I did? Here, let me find out. How long did I last for that 70s show? <laughs> you can find that out? Is there a website that tells you? <laughs> Google. How long did I? That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of the exact episode. That well, I there were 200 episodes exactly of this show. Yeah. It's cool. 
not well, that cool. <laughs> I should have quit a long time before that. Because the whole breakup thing... Yeah, she's the one... I've seen. Yeah, because that involved... That's the one that inserted Hyde's sister, I think, so... I don't, I don't remember any of Hyde's sister, so I think I quit before then. So you've seen and I had some, Lindsay Lohan that was in that episode, yeah. I think the reason I had an issue with that is, it, like I said, it's not because of the Jack and Hyde breakup. It was because they introduced her into, like, almost cheating with Kelso again or something. And I was just so done with that relationship. Like I was like, I, I never liked Jackie and Kelso either. They were really. I'm not surprised but... because you love Jackie and Hyde. Yeah, that's your ship. <laughs> I know how you are, Maura. We all do. I think everyone knowing <laughs> like we, we know Maura. Of course, you didn't like Jackie and Kelso because you love Jackie and Hyde. Well, I liked Kelso on his own, but when he was with it was I, I don't mind that kind of character. But when you try and pin him down in a relationship, it's stop pointless. trying to front. Oh, I'm not trying. To, I I agree. You're I always fronting, Maura. You're always fronting. <laughs> But yeah, so they broke up around, like, I think, um, season six, late season six, maybe? Um, definitely by season seven, they're kind of apart. Um, and there's a whole lot of weird stuff that went on with, with, um, Hyde getting married and Hyde's family shit. He was adopted by the Foremans, which they hint at, they, they mention in this episode, so that's already happened before this point, but, um, yeah, it got really weird, so consider yourself lucky if you got out of it before now. Um, and I'm glad we, we decided this episode because I don't think I could have dealt with any of the other ones. At least this one kind of just is more dealing with the issue of her being into him, and we didn't have to watch either them being, like, dating or, or any of the creepy, like, Hyde and his wife and all the cheating stuff that went on there. But, uh, alright, so let's get the plug. So what's up with you, Latoya? Nothing. You just find right. me on Twitter at LaFergs. Awesome. And as always, I'm at Marie on Twitter. Next week's episode of this show will be Family Matters. Oh, God. We're already into the Halloween. It's, just, it's already October, but uh, this is the first time we'll have the actual uh, Halloween-themed episodes, I would call it. Um, and this is the Family Matters Season 8, Episode 7, Stevel. Woo! Um, and then in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at The Televoid. You can rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes, and email us at thetelevoid.com. Um, thanks again for wandering in the Televoid, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye!